Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. The virus that causes shingles is sleeping in 99% of people over 50. While not everyone at risk will develop shingles, it strikes as a painful rash that can last for weeks. Wake up because shingles could wake up in you. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles prevention. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. That is such a key to success because no career is linear. And I have so many stories to prove that even though I was with one firm for 33 years, but it's not linear, it's not perfect. and the Big lesson is no one's thinking about your career as much as you are. Back in the land of douchebaggery, I want to talk about where food has gone what it has become. And how this conversation started was because Sarah, who works with me, she also has never seen like a tableside Caesar. She thinks a Caesar is like what you get at like the Olive Garden or uh, Applebee's, like this that like creamy white dressing. And I was talking about how back in my day when they had covered wagons, the Caesar was like a special food. It wasn't something that they had at every restaurant. It was tableside. It came in a wooden bowl. And they, they were like mush anchovies in the side with Dijon mustard, Worcestershire, lemon, Parmesan, garlic, salt, pepper, olive oil, and like an amazing croutons. And it just came all zesty and more clear and coated versus that like creamy garbage you get in like a packet at Wendy's. So... I love Wendy's. I'd like to get a spokesperson deal from them. So sorry, Wendy's. I don't even know if you sell Caesar dressing. So sorry for fucking pissing you off. But anyway, I digress as usual. So we started talking about food and the iteration and how now like the Caesar is such a big deal. And then that brought me to realize that the kale Caesar, the kale Caesar was like Madonna in its day. And kale itself was like Madonna. And I always say I want to meet kale's publicist because 
Also back in my day, kale was like this green, curly garbage that came next to like a sweaty hot orange next to your eggs at Denny's. Like just some piece of like some cousin of fucking old school curly parsley. Kale wasn't like a rock star with a starring role. Kale wasn't something that like people massaged in kitchens in Provence to bring out a salad that was tender, leafy greens to the taste. And kale didn't come in all iterations. Kale didn't come in like baby kale and wild kale and and like kale chips and shredded kale and, you know, braised kale, sautéed kale. Kale was not what it is. So that, that brought me to think about kale's friends and other people that like other celebrity vegetables that came up. Because when I was growing up, there was no arugula. No. The Caesar salad or you had iceberg, like a wedge, or just like that house garden salad with red wine vinegar. Like it was like shredded carrots on that iceberg chopped up garbage. And it was like a red wine vinegar. And there is something good about it. It came in that little thin wood bowl also. But then mescaline was the fucking biggest deal ever. Mescaline came out. Balsamic vinaigrette came out together. They came out as like a couple. And it was like Marilyn Monroe and Joe DiMaggio. So everybody was doing that. I was never ultimately a big fan because that mescaline bag that then came in bags got soggy super fast. So I was not a big fan. Um, and even romaine on its own wasn't a big deal when we were growing up. Like may, romaine later came in its own probably around the same time as, as mescaline. Later, mescaline's agent brought in baby spinach. When I was growing up, we had spinach, bags of unwieldy spinach. You could wash it. It would be sandy. You would, you would, you would, you would saute it. You would steam it. But like spinach didn't have little lovely, delightful little leaves that you could make in your own little salad. It didn't have baby spinach. Didn't even have maxi spinach. You just had spinach. And now it's baby kale, whatever. So that was spinach. And then arugula came in. And they call it rocket in London. That was the first time I had it was in London because I think it was there before, which is weird because London used to not even have vegetables. But anyway, arugula became a really fucking big deal in the cold salad category. In the hot sides category, it always used to be broccoli and sautéed spinach and asparagus. Then in the modern day, in my day, Broccoli Rob was a big fucking coming up star. And Broccoli Rob still is, you know, it's a success story, but it's not what it used to be. So then, I don't know, was it five years ago? Somebody in a boardroom threw kale up in the fucking, at the ceiling and just said, let's try to make kale popular. Some, some genius, the kale society. And kale came in with a fucking vengeance, okay? Kale came in, was shredded, kale chips, kale Caesar, massaged kale, sauteed kale, braised kale, kale, everything, Kale was even in burgers. Kale was like chopped up with like paired with its other friend butternut squash and some wild rice. And then they started fucking throwing cranberries and walnut and almonds into salads. So that was kale. Then came back in the day of broccoli rob was when brown rice became popular. White rice used to be the way you did rice. Brown rice then became like it has to be brown rice. It has to be brown rice. You can't eat white pasta. It has to be whole wheat pasta. It has to be like not a white. What it can't be a white uh, grain. And brown rice now is a fucking loser. Quinoa came in hot. The protein grain. Quinoa came in, was like, move over, Kale. We're going to hang out with you. We're going to hang in the same posse. We're like Taylor Swift and Gigi Hadid. We're going to hang out together. Kale and Quinoa became best friends. Major Instagram following. Huge deal. And as of more recently, Brussels sprouts. Brussels fucking sprouts. When I was growing up, Brussels sprouts was child abuse. Brussels sprouts and cauliflower, which is another popular one, 
It was abuse. It was like lima beans, which are waiting to make their debut. But Brussels sprouts now, pair them with bacon, shred them in a salad, add them with 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 blue cheese and 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 pecans and walnuts and like make fry them. Asian restaurants make them fucking so cool. Brussels sprouts are rock stars. And then my final vegetable that I'd like to talk about, which really has a very confused identity, cauliflower was literally I mean raw cauliflower was actually emotional and psychological and physical abuse when I was growing up. It was cauliflower. It's like if fart was a vegetable, that was what cauliflower was. So all of a sudden, cauliflower is pureed as mashed potatoes. It is food processed, and now we're pretending that it's rice. It it, it comes in tots. It comes in, in yoki. It comes in um, hash browns. Like they make cauliflower into hash browns, and they try to make it into steak. I've been to a restaurant, they say cauliflower steak. Fuck off, okay? It, it's not even steak's long distant cousin that lives in another universe. Like, steak and cauliflower have nothing in common. If you rub steak all over cauliflower, it still has nothing to do with steak. It is a big piece of grilled cauliflower. It's fucking cauliflower, okay? It is Because you, you could cut it with a fork and a knife. I could probably cut dog shit with a fork and a knife too. It's not steak, okay? And... Cauliflower rice is not rice. Zucchini noodles are not, zucchini is not noodle, it's not pasta. It's long shreds of yellow or green vegetables drowned in sauce that, that doesn't even look like pasta. Taking long, wavy ribbon noodles and mushing ricotta cheese in between them does not make that lasagna. So the fucking vegetable crisis is real, Okay. That is a relief effort in and of itself. If lima beans come in next or succotash or okra or some other bullshit vegetable that is shit, then you'll know that kale has had its day. But I literally think every time I talk about these vegetables that their publicists are going to call me and that I'm going to be finished, that my career is over because I fucked with kale. And I just don't think you can now. I think kale's got too much power. It's too much. It's like the kale dashians. I can't, you can't fuck with it. Because it's just got an army and it's, it's, it's just here to stay. All right. My guest today is Kathy Engelbert, the commissioner of the WNBA and formerly the first female CEO of Deloitte. Well, she's very interesting. We talk about being a woman in a corporate atmosphere, something many of you would be interested in. Uh, We talk about how she made it to the top of her field and why sports are so important to young women and girls. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Mother's Day is May 12th and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire 
with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hi, Kathy. How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Where are you right now? I'm in Bradenton, Florida at IMG Academy in the WNBA, what we call, the players have affectionately called the Wubble, the WNBA bubble. Oh, that's so funny. So do you travel an incredible amount? Uh, Before the pandemic, yes, incredible, both in my prior job and with the W, because obviously we have 12 different cities, 12 teams. So yeah, but I I guess that's been the only good thing about the pandemic is less less travel. We all feel, I know, but do you miss that? Some people like the travel, like it just gives them a structure, it's a program, they leave their house for a minute and like they just get to collect themselves even though they're working, they're on their own. And how does it affect your family? I don't miss it at all because I did so much of it at Deloitte. I mean, I was on the road four to five days a week for essentially decades. So I'm like really enjoying not having to be on the road and being with my kids and my daughter just moved back home. She's a one year out of college. So Yeah. So I know I I don't miss the travel at all. Well, this podcast, just to let you know, is about visionaries, game changers, billionaires, people who started from the bottom. Now they're here. People who took circuitous routes to get to where they are, non-traditional business, because 
I'm finding through speaking to these amazing, interesting people that are giving me an hour of their day and they do not have an hour to give. But during that hour, you know, it's all meat and the people listening are getting just different tenets and ways of thinking and ways of that you live and the decisions that you make so they can take it away into their different lives and jobs. And so, you know, do you feel like that's, you know, in the beginning, that's just paying your dues, just wherever they need you to go, whatever you need to do, that that's paying your dues. And then there's a point where you really just don't have to do that anymore because that's part of paying your dues. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's all about what business and what industry you're in and, and whether you believe in relationship building face-to-face and therefore you got to get on the road or not. Um, and I, I think it's varied over my career as I, you know, climbed the, the so-called ladder, but, you know, as to how much travel I had to do or how I wanted it adjusted because of having two children. So there's a lot to unpack even in that. Yeah, exactly. With the whole that's a that's a whole topic that we'll probably end up getting into somehow later. You were the first female CEO at a big four firm. What was it like getting that job? Did you think you weren't going to get it? Did you think a man was going to get it? Were you did you see it? Did you look at the prize and and look at the chess chessboard and say I'm going for that job? Like what did that mean? Yeah, well, at that time, I had been with the firm for 27 years, never aspired to be the CEO, never thought I would be a CEO. Uh, and I, I don't think I was, I think I was a bit of a, a you know, uh, underdog, I'll call it, because we have an election every four years. And um, I kind of had just risen into leadership right before that election, where I ultimately did get elected. You have to get, a, it's a private partnership, so you have to get elected by the partners. And I got a call. I'll never forget. I was actually at the Fortune Most Powerful Women's Conference in California. And I got a call from someone on our board of directors who said, you know, we want you to interview for the CEO position. And I was like, me? Like, really? Uh, Because I had been kind of a new entrant into the leadership, like the top leadership ranks. And I said two things. I said, well, I I don't want to just do it because you know, a female and I don't, you know, do I have support? And second, do I have support more broadly in the firm? Because I had risen up in our, in our audit practice, but we had, you know, a huge firm of audit tax and consulting. And and they said, you have support and we want you to do it. So like literally within a month, I had to prepare a vision and I had to prepare a whole platform that I would then present to the partners ultimately if I got nominated to be elected. And, um, but no, did I see it coming? No. Did I ever aspire to it? No. I always say, um, you know, I aspired to lead, not to, to a boxer title like CEO, but, you know, it worked out. And um, I was I was really proud to take on that role at a time where, you know, culture change was needed and providing a role model for not just women, but men and women to aspire to something higher. What did you mean by I didn't want the job because I was a woman? Well, I didn't want to interview for it if they just wanted to say, oh, we interviewed a woman, right? Like, So you were thinking like that? Yeah, there, there were these other male candidates who were well-known in leadership positions much longer than I had been. And I wanted to make sure, you know, I was a viable candidate. That That's, you know, was I a real viable candidate? Right. Yeah. That's interesting. So you didn't want it to be like they're just checking the box. And I wonder how much that's actually happening versus people really, you know, feeling that, that the person is right for the job. And in your case, it obviously sounds like you were right. And the reason I mention all this is because in my career, I never thought about men and women. Now you were, you were in a seriously intensely corporate environment for years. So you understand how to play that game, how to be a, you know, be corporate, but also you have to be a maverick because you have to navigate the hundreds of thousands of people that you're working around in such a serious, intense, important 
company. But um, I never thought about who's a man, who's a woman. I always just acted like, just be the best, like just go be the best. But then you end up being better than the men and the, and the cream rises to the top. And so not until after I was successful, people have tried to sort of create this narrative to me about, you know, being a woman versus being a man. And I, I had to retroactively think about the fact that I broke into the liquor business in a major way, which is a all boys club marketed to men, you know, sold by men, run by men. But were there advantages to being a woman? Well, I, I take you back to 1993 when I was about seven years into my career. We had a CEO at the time, male, who had two daughters. And um, not that his daughters were going to work for the firm, but they were graduating from college. And he was kind of looking at this data of women who had risen to leadership roles and and pretty pathetic data, I might add, and said, um, you know, there's something wrong here. We've got to look at something. So he was kind of well before his time back in 93 and launched this thing called the Initiative for the Advancement and Retention of Women, because we actually weren't doing bad advancing. It was retaining women when they get to critical junctures in their, you know, the life cycle of them as our employees that they were leaving at much higher rates than men were, their male counterparts first. Did you mean like women are get, having babies or they're getting married and they wanted this powerful job, but then they decided to switch out and get married and do that, you know, traditional life? Yeah, exactly. And then he wanted the data, like, are they leaving for other jobs? Are they leaving to take care of their families? Is it the family thing when you're in, in your young 30s? Because that's when you start to rise in any organization you know, we're a, uh, we were a firm at Deloitte of, of what we called lifers. So, you know, you rise and then you get into your thirties and there's probably a point. And certainly I did. I actually resigned from the firm when I was pregnant with my first child, because I didn't know whether I could do it all and, and, and do the role that, that I was in at the time. Um, and then, you know, quickly realized that, you know, with some good mentoring and sponsorship, that that wasn't the right move for me at the time. But, you know, so everybody goes through those in their, their, their so, you know, what was happening when women get to their mid thirties, when they would be admitted to the partnership and then rise into the leadership ranks that, that was different at that time. So that's 93. Right now, there's actually no retention gap between men and women at, at the firm. But back then there was a huge um, retention gap. So I, you know, that was kind of, and I happened to have transferred from, I actually grew up in Philadelphia, our Philadelphia office up to our, what we called our national office where the CEO resided during that time. So I went in uh, mid-1992. So when it came around in 93 and the CEO was going to launch this, I got tapped, helped think through it. But I think my advantage was timing of being in that national office position at the time being kind of in where leadership was being built. And I, I was only what they call a manager at the time. I wasn't even a partner yet. I came then back out to the New York area and became a partner a few years later. Well, you know what I think? I'm a very much, I'm a realist. Like we have all these fantasies about how everything should be. But in order to get there, I like to think about the real and the truth. So I'm, I have a serious business. I have you know, many, many hats that I wear. I'm a mom. I'm a single mom. And, you know, when I used to go to a photo shoot, I would bring her with me on my lap. And, you know, because I'm me and I have people around me and it's non-traditional and I can do that. I can bring my daughter and then, like, you know, ask them to give me food to go so I can rush home to be with her. And I always want to be with her. That's not really totally possible in the corporate world. It's not appropriate to bring your kid to work. And having daycare there is great. But it's just, it's not, you know, we're trying to make it that everybody's the same. If we understand the differences between men and women, it's easier to get those things accomplished. Because women and men are different in many ways, not only biologically, 
there's science that backs up the fact that, you know, women operate from a more emotional space in many, in many cases. I mean, men think differently in some cases. And if that's sort of embraced and thought about, then you can approach it. Now, if that's sexist, it may be, but I, I, I feel that women and men are not exactly the same in the things they experience in their bodies, in, you know, the ways they maybe operate in their lives. And so I think that's the thing. It's that granular in between that's good to talk about so then we, everything can be equal at work because everybody brings something to the table. Women bring, women bring just as much, if not more, to the table as men. But if you put everybody in the same box, seeming like everybody's going to be the same way and contribute the same things, that's when I think we get jammed up. And so I think it's more like understanding who people are. I'm able to run a major business and not have a nanny and still be like a very present mother, but I do it in my own way. And the way it is traditionally is a man is paying a check, a man is opening a door, and a man goes to work and is not as involved as in a kid's life. And I think that's just shifting culturally everywhere, even with men being with their kids more. Divorced men used to be not get 50-50 in custody. And now it's really, unless there's some problem, 50-50. So I think it's shifting for both sexes. I think one of the other things maybe I can add from my experience, so maybe you go back to the formative years. And um, I grew up in a really big family. I was one of eight kids and I had five brothers. My dad worked three jobs to put all eight of us through college. My mom worked also while raising us at a pediatrician office that literally was right next door, which is why she could do both. And she did not go to college, but she's the smartest person I know. And, and you know, if you think of growing up alongside five brothers, my mom used to say, you can do anything the boys can do because you're growing up alongside five of them. And I actually, I think had the, an advantage there because I carried that into my professional life. Like think about the valuable lessons in a big family, like collaboration, read sibling rivalry and how to get along. Dynamics. Or, or yeah. competitiveness, read. My sister and I used to hide food in our rooms because if we didn't, our brothers would eat it all. And we also competed for our parents' time or even like inclusion. I had three older brothers. They always included me as a fourth in all kinds of sports, basketball, wiffle ball, soccer, street hockey, um, although they put me in goal and it actually really hurt to play street hockey as a young girl. I think I had a huge advantage just from where I started. And, and you know, my dad working three jobs and like seeing that hard work and dedication. And and so, yeah, having two kids trying to balance a big job like CEO Deloitte. Yeah, that was easy compared to what I saw my parents try to do with eight kids. So. Yeah, you had your own little corporation at your house. So you knew about different dynamics and how to navigate and bob and weave. And that is a great point. Mother's Day is May 12th and Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Macy's makes it easy for your little ones to buy a present for you for Mother's Day. Bryn loves to shop but sometimes has a hard time figuring out what to get me. I have confidence that Macy's Gift Finder will be a great guide for her. Something for everyone at every price point. Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas, it's so easy to shop. You can shop by price, category, or gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, and gifts for grandma. Plus, Macy's has top gifts like Beats headphones, digital photo frames, Polaroid camera, and Samsung Smart TV, the frame. Head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. So you said that your confidence started in sports. Um, so is it the structure and the discipline? Is it the teamwork? Because, and now you work in sports, which, which we're obviously going to get into, but do you suggest all parents have their kids in sports in some way? Because some kids feel intimidated and what if they're not good enough and then they're going to be made fun of? Like, how do you advise people about what's, how sports should play in their lives? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously sports has had a major impact on my life. Never thought I'd end up as the commissioner of a major sports league, but having played three sports in high school, two sports in college, I actually played lacrosse in addition to basketball. Um, I was a huge beneficiary of Title IX back in the 70s um, to allow women's sports and women's sports broadly to compete. Like when I grew up, there was no girls soccer. It came a little bit after me, but we had some of the other traditional sports like basketball and volleyball. And I actually played tennis in high school. So, and I I was like, I was a point guard in basketball and a point guard runs the offense, but doesn't always get the glory. Uh So kind of playing helped me enormously think through, like now that I look back, I go, okay, a point guard runs the offense. That's essentially a CEO running the company. Um, now they do sometimes get the glory or the fall, but, um, but, you know, I, I just think for parents, uh, obviously sports was enormously helpful to shape my leadership skills, you know, because I, I think, especially at a firm like Deloitte, a hundred thousand people, very complex businesses in in different industries, um, you know, it, it really helped me have, and it, and, and there's no doubt for, and the, the data is very clear here young girls who play sports have more confidence and do better in, you know, in school and, and ultimately after school. But that doesn't mean everyone has to play sports. Everyone needs to find something they're passionate about that they think they're good at, but have con- drive confidence from it. So I think it just happens to be sports gives you a lot of confidence 
Uh, and it also gives you it gives you a lot of resilience because you lose in sports. You don't always win and you, you learn to lose. And, you know, although I know there's this theory now that everyone gets a trophy just for playing, I, I still think, you know, again, you know, co- co- it's all about coaching and and things like that. But yeah, and the teamwork and teaming and you know, again, I go back to that word collaboration. I mean, the value of teamwork that I got because I was a point guard running the offense, you know, was enormously helpful. Um, you know, and I, I'm not sure that I would have been as successful if I didn't have this kind of grounding in sport that the development of young girls and the advancement of women as leaders in society. Because when I look at the WNBA players and how diverse they are, diverse women, you know, I actually got that's the next generation of leaders right there. This right. diverse group of women driving confidence, leading in their craft. And one of the reasons I took the job as the commissioner of the WNBA was, you know, to help see what they would do post their basketball career because they don't play forever. You know, it's great that there are shows like Shark Tank that I've been on. And it's great that everybody wants to be a CEO and, you know, be in their garage and be a billionaire at the time of 18. But I just think it's important for younger people to explore many different areas because you'll find your way in. I never knew that I'd be doing what I'm doing, but it was only because I was open to so many things and took every interesting opportunity and pieced it together. I was a nanny for Paris and Nikki Hilton. Now I had Paris on this podcast. I used to work for Lauren Michaels and, you know, just so many other interesting people that have come now around in my life now. So that's why I say, like, you have to just keep your eyes open. You have to just be on the road and you may hit a roadblock, but you got to just be driving forward and see where the opportunities lie. So that's another thread that you're talking about something totally different in a completely corporate environment and within your family, which sounded like it was a full scale operation. But we both have this similarity in that you just decided to use your environment to learn whatever you could in different departments. And I've done the same thing, but in a much more freestyle way. Absolutely. I, I think that's a really important way to say it. You, you have to do what's right for you. But I, I will stress, you need mentors along the way. So quick story about, you know, when I was pregnant with my second child um, in uh, 2000, uh, the firm approached me and asked me to move to a Midwestern city oh, nice, for a great client at the time. And but they didn't know I was pregnant yet. And I'm sitting here saying, well, I live in New Jersey and I kind of have this specialization with life sciences and pharma companies. And New Jersey is a great place for that. And and so, you know, they came to me and said, you know, we want you to move. And so I, I actually sought the advice of a mentor who said to me, you can actually say no to this big client relocation, but you have to have a yes behind it to something else that can solve a problem for this person because you're just going to, you're creating a problem for them because you're saying no. So find something to help them. So I had my eye on another client, literally like two miles from my house. And I could envision juggling two kids with a short commute and running back and forth, feeding the baby. And, and it was a client in my industry expertise, which I had built. And when I went to this leader and I said, you know, I don't want to do the Midwestern move, but I had an idea. The leader paused and said, I'll never forget this. We never would have thought of you for that client. And in my mind, I was thinking, that's the only client I'm thinking about for me. So the lesson here is like, and I tell this all the time, like no one's thinking about your career as much as you are. Right. Um, and, and so you have to you have to speak up. You have to raise your hand. And especially when you work with a firm like Deloitte, that's so multidimensional. There's so many things you can do or like you, where you just follow your passion and 
and you find, you know, a freestyle way to, to get into business, you have to, that is such a key to success because no career is linear. And I have so many stories to prove that even yeah. though I was with one firm for 33 years, but it's not linear, it's not perfect. And the big lesson is no one's thinking about your career as much as you are. Not even close. And you, you both, but you and I are both saying the same thing. My mantra is find the yes. Like you just figured it out. You just were, you figured it out. You came through the back door, you opened the window, you just like navigated it in your mind. So we're saying the same thing and we've could not have more different careers, um, which is interesting. Um, uh, do you, what do you, do you, so what percentage business are you and what percentage fun? And I mean, really fun. Like, do you get a little wild and have too many cocktails and laugh and feel stupid? And you know, what percentage business and fun are you? Cause you're serious, serious broad. Yeah. So, um, I definitely was more fun in my younger life, but you know, I, I, you know, I am definitely a, a small moment of recovery person. I actually, um, you know, acronymed it S'mores when I was at Deloitte. So, and I, I find time to still, you know, play sports. I find time to play golf. I'm a golfer, tennis, and really like family first. Again, being one of eight kids, we're still all really close. My sister and I are 13 months apart. And she and I um, talk every day. She's a nurse, by the way. She does COVID testing in the state of Pennsylvania. And she's my hero uh, throughout this whole pandemic. You know, it's a really hard time for everybody mentally uh, and obviously many physically. And, and, you know, so it's just something where it's hard to have a ton of fun right now. My my daughter and I are planning a trip out, out to California, hopefully and do some some fun things but yeah this year think about 2020 has <laughs> not that much fun it, has not been fun and and has tipped a lot towards business but that's what you do in a crisis uh, and i think the companies and the people and the leaders and the personalities who lead companies through crises you know at the time those decisions you make and the risks you take during a crisis like we've all had this year uh, are going to either serve you really well or if you were paralyzed by fear of taking those risks, um, it's really going to hurt your business um, when we come out on the other side. It is. And I'm 90% homebody, 10% lunatic. So I hear what you're saying about like just sort of family and work and taking it seriously. And it's what you love to do. I also, though, based on what you were just talking about, about the pandemic and businesses being hurt, I think... And I don't know if I just think it's small businesses and small entrepreneurs. Like I speak to those people a lot. I think there's been, it's been the most horrible time with job loss and with obviously death and just uncertainty. But I think in stillness, there's not literal meditation, but in stillness, there's meditation and time to like to plant seeds and to plot and to figure out how you're going to grow. And some people have chosen to take this time to really not get hysterical and really you know, do their game plan or for you, it's like, you know, what are the plays for your players? And I think in the next couple of years, we're going to have an incredible, flourishing, thriving business. So I think it's going to be an interesting time for rebirth and regrowth in business. I do. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, Bethany. It's a really good point. And um, a crisis tends to accelerate or deepen issues that existed before the crisis, but it's also a huge opportunity to fix problems and you can use the, you can blame it all on the crisis that, but now you get to go fix them. You don't have to blame something that happened before. So, you know, what a perfect example of, of what we're working really hard on during this crisis, even though, you know, we're trying to keep everyone healthy and safe. Number one is, you know, as you think about um, women's sports, um, 
you know, I came into this role just a year ago and um, didn't know a lot about what was going on in women's sports. Was so busy, you know, balancing motherhood and being, you know, being a CEO and, and having a career. I came in and, and the first thing I learned was that less than 5% of all media coverage of sports covers women. And then I learned less than 1% of all corporate sponsorship dollars that go to sports, go to women's sports. So um, think, think about that like huge hill we have to climb our mountain, quite frankly. And, and so as I thought about that, as I came in, um, Number one thing, you know, let me go try to do some small things of symbolic value to build trust with the players. Let's get a collective bargaining agreement done. But let's also at the same time work on building relationships and using, you know, quite frankly, some of my relationships from my prior life to, you know, get companies to join women's sports, to really put their money where their mouth is around supporting diversity and inclusion. And we launched something, you know, called WNBA Changemakers coming off the collective bargaining agreement because women's sports is really hard. It's hard. It's hard to break through. It's hard to move that, you know, I mean, being a numbers person, you know, I said, how big is that denominator? Because if we want to move the 1% or the 5% to 10%, how hard will this be? Well, the denominator is enormous because men's sports is enormous. So, but we still, um, you know, really are are proud that we've been able to sign our first three WNBA changemakers. And but we need more companies to step up and and support these these diverse women, these elite women, all college graduates, really smart, really good at their craft. And um, and but it, it's an interesting model in the difference between how men and women are valued. And ESPN doubled the amount of games they covered for the WNBA this year, and they're a great partner and CBS Sports Network and, and CBS put are the first ever WNBA game on the CBS Network. And I think we have the, the, the opportunity in the WNBA because we will be going into our 25th season next year, the only women's professional league to kind of, you know, survive and hopefully thrive. Well, it's incredible where you've come from. It's incredible the mark you've made. You're an incredible role model for your family and your kids. And it sounds like you've only just begun. So just the final thing is what is your, what mantra do you live by? Or do you, if you have more than one, I often say come from a place of yes, just figure it out, get it done. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, business wise, I coined, you know, kind of three C's that you have to have courage, curiosity, and confidence. You've got to have all three, you know, from a business perspective and personal wise, it's always family first. Uh, I mentioned my sister and I 13 months apart and talking every day and, you know, it's, it's always family first and that's what keeps me going. Well, that's all amazing. And it sounds like you have the balance down the best you can. And I just wanted to say thank you because I know a woman like you is so incredibly busy and to take this time to really just reveal the way you think and the way that way you feel about business is really valuable to me, but really mostly other people are just trying to figure out how we've all navigated this. So I could not be more appreciative of your time. No, this was fun, Bethany. And, you know, what I've learned is life and career aren't linear. It sounds like you have many stories to prove that as well and happy to share anything. So thanks so much. My takeaway from that conversation was I'm really enjoying talking to different types of people, you know, to talk to someone who's so intensely corporate and serious and who has broken through the glass ceiling and worked in a very, very intense male-centric corporate big four 
firm for decades is serious. Like that's a serious accomplishment to, to, to break through there with all men around and, you know, thinking, oh, well, she's got a kid or she's going to get married. She's going to have a baby and, you know, is really interesting. And just just to learn from someone like that. I mean, that's the thing I want you all to to, to explore and exercise different parts of what you think business is, because business for her is very different than it is for me. But in many ways, there are so many similarities. We are, could not be on more different paths, but we have a lot of the same ways of approaching things. Then I might not be drinking margaritas at every single party, or I'm just going to be a little intense and people are going to be a little intimidated by me, despite the fact that I'm a woman. Uh, but I'm getting shit done and I'm going for it. And I'm going all the way. And this is my path and my journey. And I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to make lefts and rights and talk to people, but I'm going. So she went all the way. I, you know, I'm, I'm on my way to going all the way and I want you to go all the way. So I'm just giving you different, different vehicles through which to figure out how to go all the way. So even if there's someone on here that you're not particularly interested in, whoever it is, if you're not interested in sports or the UFC or corporate or entertainment or tech, listen anyway, because there's going to be, there's going to be something here that's going to pique your interest and that applies to you and your life. Just Be is hosted by me, Bethany Frankel. Our managing producer is Fiona Smith, and our producer is Stephanie Stender. Sarah Katnack is our assistant producer, and our development executive is Nayantara Roy. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions and Endeavor Content. This episode was mixed by Sam Baer. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be With Bethany. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.